Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome to our August show. I hope you're all staying cool, calm, healthy, and sane this summer. You know, what a difference a year has made. You remember a year ago, we were in the deep midst of this pandemic. We were masked. We have physically distanced. The death rates were up. It was nonstop, 24-7 pandemic news all the time. It was sickening. And in the U.S., we had political campaign going on, upheaval. We were all stressed, right? Weren't you all stressed? So there's a sigh of relief here. We're grateful we have moved forward with vaccines out there, with people getting vaccinated, as well as people, 99.7% of the people who have gotten COVID have recovered, thank God. And we encourage people to get their vaccines. If not, if they don't feel comfortable with that, take care of themselves, build your immunity, keep yourselves healthy. But right now, we think all is well until more bad news, right? What's latest? Delta variant. Everyone's doing that. States are masking up again. Again, the furor continues. We don't get a break from this. And that's what we hear from the news media. So before we dedicate this show to the power of media and the news, just a little break. I like to do in the beginning my honorable mentions for the month of August. First of all, I like to call out in a nice way my dear friends, my friend and evidential medium who's been on my previous show, Suzanne Giesman. She has been on a show when we talked about mediumship. She's a former naval commander, has a great story. After my show, she went and got her own radio show on Unity Online Radio Network. So you can tune in to Suzanne on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, a shout out and happy birthday to Marlene Slale, Jolian Grant, my niece, Mary Tess Hinko, who is an Air Force nurse officer overseas. Thank you for serving our country. I was in her in the delivery room back in 1981 when her mother gave birth to her. I was an intern at Balboa Naval Hospital, so I was one of the first to see you, babe. Donna Brown, happy birthday. Joanne Dahl, Dr. Jim Nave in Vegas, Kent Logan, Ginger Barry, happy birthday. To the two people in my office who keep me afloat when I do radio shows and speaking gigs, Scott Gordon and Rachel Leonard. Hey, guys, happy birthday. To my former president, Bill Clinton, happy birthday today, August 19. To my cousin, uh, Bernie Ardonia, to my friend Tom Gorney, to my sister Lori in San Diego, August 21st, happy birthday, dear. To Carla Lamb, Dr. Carla Lamb in Boston, happy birthday. Joe Fama, happy birthday. He was former valet to four previous presidents, retired master chief. Dr. Roseanne Coe, happy birthday. My friend Pam Case, who's a wonderful designer. Chrissy Hank, and my dear friend Georgia Bunn, also calling out to Chrissy, Chrissy Tedesco's son, who uh, had a birthday this month. Happy birthday. So happy birthday to you all. I love starting off with good news because everybody needs to celebrate their birthday. Every day is a gift. So start off, you ever wonder about the word news, N-E-W-S? One of my friends who's super bright told me, and I, I'm going to question this with our journalists here, that the word news was derived from North, East, West, and South. Have you ever heard of that, guys? Never, not once. Oh, okay, so I looked it up, trying to look for a trusted source. I went online, right? And so this is what I found. Uh, now, this is the, the potential organ of this word, news, seems plausible, but it isn't true. Okay, fact check. The truth is the word news came, can be traced back to middle, late Middle English around the 14th century as a plural for the adjective new or new thing. This is somewhat rare instance of an English adjective becoming a noun when be becoming plural. So making this leap from new to news in English is thought to have been influenced by the old French nouveau, as in nouveau riche, as in nouveau, which is a plural feminine form becomes the noun nouveaux versus news. So before the 14th century, instead of using the word news, the English speakers typically used the word tidings, right? More or less meaning the announcement of an event. So you remember like for Christmas time, good, tiding, good tidings, right? Good tidings and cheer. 
Well, we don't say good tidings in cheer. Nowadays, we more accurately describe it as bad tidings in fear. So remember, <laughs> right, but is it north, east, west, and south? So I am dedicating this show to the impact of news and media on our everyday lives. You know, what's the impact? I'm talking to you via broadcast radio, internet radio, broadcast radio, reaching across the airways. And I'm sure you tune in to so many sources, but you have to sit and think, where do you get your information? Where do you get the things you think about in your brain? Where does it come from, right? It comes from hearsay, what your people around you and your inner, inner circle tell you. It's what you read in the paper, in books, online. Social media has exploded. That's a huge factor. What you see on TV, definitely. What you hear on the radio, hopefully you're listening often. So the question I have for you, dear listeners, do you believe everything you hear, read, and see? Who are your trusted sources? Do you have any? So a little backtrack, I grew up in the 1960s when we had news anchors like Walter Cronkite. He gave us the evening news. He was the anchor man for CBS Evening News for 19 years, so this is a span of my growth, 1962 to 1981, I was a little girl, Washington DC in 1962, 1981 I graduated from med school in Bethesda. So I grew up with Walter Cronkite. So during the 1960s and 70s, he was often cited as the most trusted man in America. He reported many events from 1937 to 1981, including bombings in World War II, the Nuremberg Trials, combat in Vietnam, the Dawson's Field hijackings, Watergate, and the Iran hostage crisis, as well as the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. I was in Washington, D.C. at that time. He also reported on civil rights pioneer Martin Luther King and Beatles musician John Lennon. Walter Cronkite was known for his extensive coverage of the U.S. space program from Project Mercury to the moon landings to the space shuttle. He was the only non-NASA recipient of an Ambassador of Exploration Award. He is known for his departing catchphrase. If you remember it, if you're old enough, remember what it was? And that's the way it is, followed by the date of the broadcast. So when he signed off with that phrase, you believed him. You believed him, and you believed what he reported. Can you say, could you tell what his opinion was about a topic? Could you tell back then if he liked or disliked the subject of which he was reporting? What was Walter Cronkite's political affiliation? Did it come through in his broadcast? I didn't know. My parents didn't know. He knew how to report the news. He didn't interject his opinion because that's editorializing or propaganda. And it didn't belong in the news. So what is it like nowadays? Do you trust what you hear? Does it depend on the source? How many sources do you have? Just one, two, maybe none? Who's the reporter? Does it matter whose mouth it's coming out of? Which network? Which paper? We know even more than ever that bias in the media, right? And reporters are people. I took care of a whole bunch of them in the press pool. I know very well I took care of those guys. So I spent nine years at the White House in a non-political position as a physician, medical officer, where my job was to take care of the President of the United States, Vice President, families and staff, no matter what administration, right? People are the same, Democrat, Republican, Independent, naked, right? I take care of people, doesn't matter. And so my political affiliation, whether I voted for them or not, didn't matter, and it should not matter how I treated them as human, human beings or as patients. So, and I took care of a lot of the members of the press pool who are dear friends. So, quick story about my interaction with the press. If you Google me, there's a lot of stuff in the press. Don't always believe that, of course, right? Be cautious. So backtrack during President Clinton's time in office, we had a huge international summit in Jakarta, Indonesia. I was flying in on Air Force One with President Clinton. The press pool, of which are the talking heads in front of the West Wing of the White House, they arrived the night before, so they had time to settle in to the hotel in Jakarta. And a lot of them, you know, they wanted to blow off steam, so they went on the town, they partied, they drank too much, they got traveler's diarrhea. We always caution people not to do that. So my White House nurse, Wendy Van Dyke, who's probably listening in, she's retired Air Force nurse, she took care of a lot of those people. And so when I got in late at night with the president um, from the, uh, the flight, uh, we put the president away in the, in the presidential suite. I'm three doors down with the medical gear. Wendy pulls me aside and says, Doc, I've got a lot of sick people in this hotel. We, we need to take a look. And I said, take me. Let's go do rounds. 
So we went up and down different floors of the hotel where we had a lot of sick reporters. So that early morning, wee hours of the morning, after handing people Imodium, putting a few IVs in a few people, one reporter who was a news anchor of a famous network was our last patient of the early morning. And so we gave him some medicines. I think he started feeling better. And as I was getting ready to leave from my room, he says, Doc, one more thing before you go. And I said, what is it? He goes, is there anything I could ever do to repay you? Is there anything? Just name it. And I said, no, no. That's my job, dude. And then I thought, no, it's my one shot. <laughs> so I turn around. I walk back. To, I said, yeah, there's just one thing. He says, what is it? Name it. I said, never, ever give me bad press. I will never lie to you. I will never deceive you but don't give me bad press, because we all know that I'm the doctor and I'm not the spin doctor. So that was my interaction with the press. So I always taught White House doctors, your job is to be the doctor, not the spin doctor, right? Don't spin the data, look at the data as a doctor, don't spin it, that's not your job to be political. So I am blessed and grateful today to have two incredible women in studio who know about truth and about opinion, but most important, about journalism and the importance of truth, honesty, research, all those amazing things. So I'm going to first welcome our first guest, Ashley Lay. I'm going to read her, her bio. She is currently a student entering her junior year at ASU's Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication. Ashley previously has written several pieces covering local news for the Downtown Devil, which is ASU's Downtown Phoenix News publication. Throughout high school, Ashley worked as an intern at N2 Publishing, and she helped to publish weekly newsletters for local neighborhoods. Despite having a history in print, Ashley's aspirations are towards broadcast journalism. And if you see her here, she's beautiful, she's articulate, she's a natural. She is scheduled to graduate from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism in December of 2023 with a bachelor's degree in journalism and mass communication with an emphasis in broadcasting. So for the future, she aspires to use her well-rounded education to make a positive impact through journalism. So welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. You know, it takes great courage to do this because I, you're learning all about the career and, and what's ahead. And this is a, I gotta tell you something, you've got, you've got testosterone, you've got balls to do this, to enter a field <laughs> that has gotten bad press. <laughs> It like, really has. You yeah. know, that journalism has gotten a lot of bad press from what we've seen and what we believe. And but let's do a little beginning. What what got you interested? What why journalism? I've always loved writing. I mean, um, I can remember being in like first and second grade and even reading my parents would have to take my books away so I'd go to bed. And then I entered writing and I loved that and that journalism seemed like a natural way to use writing for a career, do something I love and sustain myself. And as I got into the field more, I realized maybe broadcast was where I wanted to be, not writing. Um, and I'm still enjoying the broadcast aspect of it, and that is where I'm hoping to end up. Now, you don't get camera shy, you don't get nervous. I get nervous. We all get nervous, but I don't think I have a camera shy issue. I will say that. <laughs> Good for you. You're, and we were talking at lunch about how you develop in the beginning. There's a lot of things ahead. And it does. It takes great courage to enter a field that is so fraught with a lot of controversy, but potential to make some good things happen. You know, I look at what you're doing, and you've learned so much in the, you know, next, the past, past two years, in your junior year. What have you learned up to this point about journalism that keeps you wanting to go on? I think there's a lot of potential in it. I will say that. Um, I think initially journalism is what was sustaining democracy, and we struggle a lot with that right now. But I am very hopeful that myself and my peers will enter this journalism field and see it reformed again, and that we will be doing good things for the public and Hopefully, we will see it becoming another pillar again of transparency, unbiasedness, things like that. So we're going to go back to that because there's a lot of this that I want to be open to our listeners about giving you know your point of view as you're learning in higher education, and our next guest who is a veteran in the field of journalism and and her her 20 some years more than that of that. So I'm going to introduce. I'm going to read her bio. 
Uh, it's too bad we're not on camera because, you know, these are two guests who are very photogenic. Somebody was kidding me. They said, well, Connie, you're going to do a radio show. You know, that's really for, for guys or gals who have faces for radio, right? Don't you want to do broadcast visuals? I said, yeah, but I just am so hypercritical. I don't want to watch myself. But <laughs> my guests are, are beautiful inside now. But let me introduce my amazing other guest, second guest, Christy Tedesco. She has spent 23 years working as a tireless investigative reporter news anchor and child advocate in the states of Kansas, Indiana, and her hometown of Tucson, Arizona. When Christy dug into a series of child deaths in Tucson, it prompted the Arizona state lawmakers to pass half a dozen child welfare reform laws. It's what led to Arizona's Child Protective Services, CPS, rebranding itself as the Department of Child Safety. Hey, big kudos to that. While this is a great accomplishment, Christy will tell you she's most proud of her philanthropic project at KVOA in Tucson called Christy's Kids. Through Christy's Kids, Christy developed, or actually Christy raised more than $7 million worth of goods, services to benefit children and families. This included free holiday gifts and meals, free car seats, free pool fences, and free swim lessons. Today, she is a realtor, with Coldwell Banker in Scottsdale. She is newly married April 1st, no no fooling, <laughs> to leave Hardwick and has two wonderful sons. Johnny attends ASU and Connor goes to Chaparral High School. Welcome, Christy. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. I, I appreciate you spending the time to be with us, but, but also to share your courageous story of what has happened in your career, especially as you look back, having mm-hmm. been a veteran of this, and now with with uh, Ashley here with us so that she can learn and you can mentor. Can you tell us what you learned from your career in journalism? I know there's, it's, I keep telling you you should write the book. I learned that integrity is everything. And compromising that is very dangerous and tragic, really. And it's affecting all of society. I also learned that... Um, it's management is really tied up in in earning the money and keeping the the operation afloat at the expense unfortunately many times at the expense of journalism so while i have so many horror stories for for ashley i i do see a lot of hope in that you seem to be bright and ready for the challenge and we need people who understand that your word it must be impeccable. You have to do your research. You have to dig, um, and don't assume anything. Um, is that enough learning? That is awesome. <laughs> I'm going to pause for a little break here, and we're going to come back on Dr. Connie's house calls with the veteran reporter Chrissy Tedesco and Ashley Lay, who is beginning her career in journalism. So stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. 
To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to Dr. Connie's House Calls. This show is just what the listener needed to hear. I've got two amazing women professionals in my studio today. I've got Christy Tedesco, who is a veteran journalist, and I have Ashley Lay, who is beginning her career in journalism, uh, starting off as a junior. We were talking about Christy's career as a veteran reporter, a journalist, and the important things of integrity. And I'm sort of mentoring in a lot of ways, Ashley. Ashley, your thoughts about what you learned, do, do they teach you in journalism? What, what are the lessons they teach you in the first couple years of journalism school? Um, immediately, the first thing they bring up is unbiasedness. And then we go into authenticity, transparency. Um, one of the first classes you take, they're very adamant about our grammar and our punctuation when we're writing. Um, from there, you can go on into your broadcast or more writing, depending on where you think you'd like your career to go. Um, so do, do you write as a news, you know, going back to Christy, do you write your material or is that written for you when you're broadcasting? Uh, both. Um, the Christie's Kids items were I wrote. Um, but, you know, every newscast, you have producers and they are writing content. Uh, but then I'll go into it and I'll fine tune or add new information or what have you. But there are many hands in a news story. So by the time you get up before the camera, do they tell you you need to say this or do they dictate or do they censor you? If you No, know? I mean, yeah, it's you know. trusted that you're a professional right. and that you're adding to you wouldn't have your job and you'd get demoted if you screwed something up. So right. um, most of the time it's just, you know, seasoned journalists who are going in and cleaning up, fine-tuning uh, something that maybe a newer journalist or producer has contributed. So when I go, I'm looking back and forth of each of you is the beginning and then, and then the, the journey through that. When, when you hear, Ashley, about all the things about journalism, what makes you say, I'm going to keep doing this? I mean, obviously, the search for truth, the search to do it properly, but you chose specifically your dream job. Can you describe what your dream job looks like? Oh, my goodness. So I've said since I was a junior in high school that if I could end up doing broadcast in New York, that would I, I made it. It's the number one market, and it's a big goal, but that would be an I made it moment. Um, making a positive impact along the way and holding up journalism for what it should be instead of what it's become. So if, what do you think? What your version as a young mm-hmm. Probably twenty year old. What what has it become? As a you know, what do you, what's yeah. your generation? You guys millennials or your what's Gen Z? Gen Z. Yep. Gen, Gen Z. Z like so, zip code. So yep. what, what is Gen Z? What is that? For, you know, as a college Gen mm-hmm. Z, what how do they view the media? The the print. Oh, well, actually, broadcast. Let's talk broadcast. Yeah. So within the past twenty years, how journalism has become is it's. It has a lot of opinions mixed in with it. So my peers and I, that is a lot of all we have seen. Um, you talk about Cronkite. We weren't, we don't remember Cronkite. We weren't there for that. Um, so lots of the great newscasters that we talk about in class are people that once lived or people that were once working. It's not what we see anymore. Um, in class, we are repeatedly told that there is an issue and that we need to be the ones to fix it. Um, which is a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's a messed up field that we're going into, and we know it. We know that we are there to try and fix it. So how are you going to fix it? What, what, do they give you tools and, and ways to do that? When, what do they recommend? So coming back to the 
authenticity and the transparency and unbiasedness, um, fact-checking over and over with multiple sources, and the public also checking with multiple sources because, sadly, we're at a point where you're not always getting just the facts from a journalist or the broadcaster or whoever it is. I think the public also checking and also holding the journalists themselves accountable would also make a very big impact. And that's what's been happening. And that's why you're seeing journalists removed from their jobs. But then you have those who leave their jobs, like like Christy. Do you mind sharing, Christy? No, not at what all. What happened to your career What you decided to move on? Well, I got into it in 1994 when journalism was still very, very much preserved. Um, then the 24-hour news cycle really took hold. Um, CNN was a game changer, but really the Persian Gulf War and us watching around-the-clock coverage, that had a lot of people turning from the regular network channels to cable because they had constantly around-the-clock updates, or so people thought. But what ended up being the problem is that CNN and these 24-hour cable channels have 24 hours to fill. So what do you do when you don't have enough content that's sexy enough to grab the consumer's attention? You go in and you bring on opinion talking heads. And that's what happened with cable. So then you have the networks competing with that, and they know they need to grab the attention back. So we ran into the Brian Williams of our world, where here is our stand-up guy for NBC that we – sorry, I'm calling out names. It's okay. But I know Brian. He's a prime example yeah. of somebody who was dishonest yeah. with the facts. And so when you can't even trust your main guy on your network, the Walter Cronkite of today yeah. – I don't idealize anyone yeah. as a journalist. Well, then that trickles down to the local affiliates who are struggling to compete with streaming. You know, kids your age, Ashley, don't pay for cable as much as they did. No, now they streamline. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's on the internet, mm-hmm. Facebook, mm-hmm. all of that. Maybe for after the break. I'm not sure what your mm-hmm. your deadline is here, but um, I could go on and on. It's very dangerous <laughs> to unwind me up. But, you know? you know, you've both, you know, all of us have seen such a, you know, within the last two years, right, even more polarized with the news. I mean, we have, as a country, my perception as an American, we have become even more polarized. Not, not The pandemic made mm-hmm. it worse, obviously, but with politics, disruptive time. And what has fueled this, I think, has been the media because how— Well, the media, what you have to understand is it's all about making money for the people in management and at the sacrifice of journalism is what Mm -hmm. it's become. And is it really news or is it, you know, is it propaganda? They're mandating all these posts. you got to post X number of times a day. Well, sometimes that leads people to copy and paste press releases, which is absolute blasphemy. And I see it as a physician. I have patients who have anxiety. I have little old ladies. All they read is the New York Times, or they, there's one who reads the New York Times all the time, gets anxious. The other is on Fox News continuously. So there, I said, stop it. Limit your intake of that. Do Look at other stations. Or just stop it. Take a pause. Don't look at that because you can't change it. Do you trust it? And it's, it, it, it fuels the anxiety. It fuels all the things that I see in people being upset and disruptive. But Ashley, what are you seeing with your generation? Obviously, with the pandemic and the, the politics involved, are they admitting, too, there's a lot of this angst that they're feeling? It depends on the person. You have, just like anything else, we have people that are seeing it different ways because, yeah. as you said, it is a polarizing situation. And you have some students who are looking at it and we're noticing that, hey, we're feeding into an issue here rather than helping with it. Mm -hmm. And then you have others that don't see an issue. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, if this was this person's thought or this person's opinion, it should be put out there for everyone. even as students, we're having an issue where lots of us are only paying attention to one source. Mm-hmm. And that's very limiting. And it feeds into that polarizing, too, because you don't have people who have a well-rounded education of the situation. It's up to the viewers themselves mm-hmm. to diversify their content. You cannot turn even your Facebook. When's the last time you looked at how biased the groups are that you're, oh, you've joined? Mine is definitely, yes. Look at your feed critically. Start yeah. thinking like a journalist yourself. Yeah. Is it balanced? Because what did you mention to me that I need to check on Facebook? What was it that I, you, my... you need to go into your settings and really vet 
all the ads that are being sent yeah. to you. You know, they sign you up for ads based on what they think you want. Yeah. But not only that, you can actually select the content you want to see. So what do people need to do? Just go, go on their settings? They need to take an hour mm-hmm. and stock their own Facebook, mm-hmm. the inner workings of it, and diversify. If you're in groups that are ultra-biased, balance it out somehow. Mm-hmm. The Find one. the other side. You need to watch more than just CNN or just Fox. You need to watch both and then beyond that. Mm-hmm. You need to read from multiple sources. You need to watch. You, I keep saying this. You would not invest in one stock mm-hmm. for your 401k. Mm-hmm. Don't do that with journalism. So you have a menu of different sources you're going to pick. Is there anything out there that's unbiased, let's say sports or the weather? Can you, I mean, can you slant sports? You're watching a game, right? You can. You can still slant sports? Oh, sure you can. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure you How can. How do you slant? You, you saw him do a slant I, It's dunk. pretty hard to get political with weather. <laughs> They're always wrong oh, anyway. Oh, but the so. weather is caused by global warming. So, <laughs> Oh, well, that's true. That's okay. true. But in terms of getting the forecast right? Yeah. It's sort of raining, but uh, you just have to be very, very critically minded yourself. Yeah. Not critical. Or have we gotten so lazy and people We are, are like, very lazy. Like, I don't want to even check. It takes too much I mean, I don't have the time. Give me what I like and without upsetting me as I'm reading this, but then a lot of it's personality. Like I'll see somebody I actually like Gutfeld. He's hilarious. He's goofy. Like to watch him. Other guys on that network, a little too much for me, but got, you know, there's certain people I like. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, I limit what I watch, and then I read the Wall Street Journal. Other, and that's really. Well, I, I would challenge you to maximize what you watch mm-hmm. rather than limit, because then you're just picking and choosing, right. really. Yeah. Um, diversify what you watch, force yourself to watch things that don't agree with your. Yeah. moral compass um, just so you can know what's being said right. you, know you need to think. if to be a full functioning member of society we really need to have a grip on what exactly is out there and if you're only looking at one or two things mm-hmm. because it's comfortable for you mm-hmm. then you're not informed right you gotta do it. you agree Ashley I mean what, what do you what do you what do you get your sources um, I agree completely. So when we write our articles as journalism students, we are required to have a minimum of three sources. And um, with the pandemic the past year, all of our schooling has been online. So some of our sources, we do say it's CNN or it's Fox or it's CNBC because it is harder to get out there and talk to people. And lots of people don't want to talk to you, mm-hmm. not only because you're a journalist now, but because they're afraid to get sick. Mm-hmm. So throughout this pandemic specifically, we have sometimes people we're not supposed to do this but people cite social media even Mm -hmm. um we're allowed to refer to tweets that have been put out there by public officials well that's dangerous Mm. very Mm. that's like going to wikipedia for everything it is and so in a weird way i guess the pandemic and everything being online has made it even worse because now as students we're being taught to go online for this stuff and to not go to the people because they'll dodge your calls and they don't want to meet with you. I'm telling you right now, people, and I'm talking news organizations, will copy and paste a press release and put it on their website as fact, Mm -hmm. as news, and that's just somebody's spin. Yeah. And our so be careful of what you take oh, yeah. Yeah. off the internet yeah. Yeah. because you need to cross-check everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And our professors will tell us not to do that, and then we end up with an assignment. And to meet whatever information the they want, to meet the deadline, then they're saying, okay, well, you can go into CNN now or Fox or and refer to an article that some other journal- journalist has written without talking to these people yourself. It's not the same as a court case and setting precedents. You know, you can't mm-hmm. refer to a past court case or a past report um, every day as a journalist when you're out there it's absolutely fresh content and you are ground up responsible for what you write so you've got to look at it with open eyes with mm-hmm. I mean do you tweet I I, I, I don't tweet but I, I don't see any good from people tweeting have you seen any benefit has anything positive happened from tweeting um, well I would say that with Facebook, you get to know when people's birthdays are. (laughs) (laughs) That's about it. I think it's dangerous. I mean, it's social. People find that that's the way they're social instead of going out and interacting Mm -hmm. together. Uh, They all do it, um, you know, anonymously through these platforms. But um, I wouldn't look at anything on Twitter 
when I see something that I find interesting uh, that's laid out as fact on a Twitter, a tweet, or on Facebook, I immediately go and I cross-check. Good for you. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I mean, I'm <laughs> just too busy running around doing stuff, but, you know, I try... You know, where I do my research, obviously, is the medical stuff. When someone says, someone will say, well, do I need a booster? I'm 70 years old. I'm immunosuppressed. Do I need a booster? And my associate just sent me the New England Journal article. But then even then, you look at some of the things in the article, look at that. But you cite certain courses. But, you know, New England Journal of Medicine isn't, you know, isn't infallible. There, you got to be questionable. You got to be skeptical. But again, Look at the sources and don't put your everything in one basket. But you know what? Today, do people really want to be unbiased? I feel like people are so committed to yeah, their bias yeah, that yeah. they don't make and, the right choices to be informed. Yeah, it's like open your mind, look at the other side, and learn because you're really learning. I'm going to pause for a quick break. This show actually could be several hours mm. because there's so <laughs> much material and there's each of you, both of you, have so much to contribute. We're going to. Take a quick break. We'll come back on Dr. Connie's House Calls, talking about the power of media. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Thanks for joining Dr. Connie and Ashley Lay and Christy Tedesco on House Calls. We are talking about the power of media. This show actually could be several hours because there's a lot of content to this about currently how powerful the media is in in terms of our lives, what we think, what we believe. We've agreed that we need media and journalism that is truthful, that is transparent. We talked briefly at the beginning of the show about Walter Cronkite when I was growing up in the Dark Ages how it was truthful. You didn't know what his political bias was. It didn't matter because he was reporting the news. So I look at Ashley here, who's beginning her career in journalism. I look at Christy, who has moved on from her career in journalism. And I ask you, are there any role models out there for you guys? Is there? I mean, you don't hold anybody on a pedestal, but Ashley, who is there a role model you'd like to emulate? And if so, what is it about them that you've learned from? Um, as a Cronkite student, I'm expected to say Walter Cronkite. <laughs> um, and sure, there's lots of good values and lessons to be taught there. But as far as people who are currently on air, 
I can't tell you that I really have anyone that I'm like, oh my goodness, I would love to be that. I would love to do what they do. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Well, it's, you know. <laughs> that decision shows she can be a journalist. Right. You're unbiased. and You're not the, oh my God, you're like a god in journalism. No. I mean, it's okay to respect right. some of the people that are on there, but but be prepared for them to disappoint because many will many have mm-hmm. and you never know who it's going to be so that's why i don't hold anyone on a pedestal do i admire some people for their accomplishments absolutely um but to idolize anyone as a journalist is dangerous well they're human beings and we're for you know sure. i have you know serving in the clinton white house under monocle you know the monocle winsky affair all those and all the things going on, it's it's sad that you can almost count on being disappointed. Mm-hmm. So it's so sad. I mean, the people who we thought were on a pedestal, be prepared, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've seen, and we've all seen that once they have you on a pedestal, oh, it's not. It's a long fall for you, and and they're gunning for you. And you can see all the things that are happening on the front page of the press. Somebody who they caught, we got gotcha you now, right? Mm-hmm. You thought you had it going. We thought you got. Oh, we got gotcha. you. And then all they start bailing, and it's like. But is that news? What can we learn from that? And, and how does it apply to your job as a journalism to seek the truth, the truth so that people can make a decision without bias? Can you really do without bias? Is that, I mean. I think that all of us have a little bias within sure. us. But when you take on the career that Ashley is taking on, um, it is your duty to put your bias aside, literally compartmentalize it, lock it up. Like in a safe. It's too bad journalists don't have an oath, right? We talk I about the Hippocratic should. oath. Yeah. Do no harm, tell the truth. They should have right? an oath. We were also saying, though, just because someone takes an oath, I'm not sure gonna that that it. was going to change anything. Right. I mean, the, the temptations to be flashy, to be first, mm-hmm. to be uh, somebody's favorite, to be the news director's pet, all these temptations can really affect your ability to do your job properly and as long as you go in knowing that Ashley and all the journalistic students out there as long as you go in knowing that and you're on guard and you never let that guard down Mm -hmm. you can do the job and I pray that we have a return to real journalism because right now it's an endangered species but Mm -hmm. also thing that I've seen eroded is human civility civility and respect towards each other that you can be on different news networks and have obviously a disagreement as to how you see the world or how you think the world should be, and people attacking people personally, mm-hmm. right? It used to be, I knew back in the old days, that Democrats, Republicans, they may disagree on the floor of the House, but they'd go out for a drink together, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you, I'm not going to talk to you because you're one of them. It's like, what? You can't be my friend? It's like, we may disagree, but you don't have to hate me or call me names, right? Right, right. I mean, how do we remedy that? That's so sad. Lead by example. Yeah. Yeah. One person at a time. Yeah. We just need a collective movement of young journalists to come in and clean it up. Yeah. To be respectful and say, I respect you as a fellow, fellow journalist. We may disagree, but I can still be courteous to you and not yell at you and call you names and be vicious. Mm-hmm. Because why does that, you know, we're Keep looking. Keep the emotion out of it. Yeah. It's yeah. the drama. Don't be making the news. Be reporting it. And I... And I look at that. But it, it is so sad that the, the role models are very few that in a lot of ways, Ashley, you have to be the role model or be sort of that eclectic, take different things. And, and again, yeah. I love Christy here because she's a great role model. Mm-hmm. Someone who's forthright, but it, that who decided. I'm a little old school, though. But still, we we get that generational. But mm-hmm. you know, you moved on. I mean, you moved on I because moved your on. principles. You would not compromise them. Right. I mean, I just when when I was doing a drowning prevention event, and I was told that one of the sponsors was Supercuts, and I had to put them on the air. I thought, what does Supercuts have to do yeah. <laughs> with drowning prevention? And to me, that was a moment. That was a pivotal moment, and it was the beginning of my exit. Well, then you look at the business of the news versus the profession of journalism. And are we here to make money? Because they'll say, they'll probably argue with you, well, there ain't going to be any news unless we make money and we have sponsors. And that's why one of the reasons I like this is I pay for my content, so I don't have any sponsor, but I can pick. The most important thing I would tell you, Ashley, is when you apply for a job, remember that 
you're interviewing them, mm-hmm. and you need a leader, meaning your news director, who fights for journalism. If your news director is not fighting for journalism, go to the next station. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching a program, for the, your, your listeners, I would say, you need to change the channel multiple times. <laughs> Listen and watch as much as you can, not just what's comfortable mm-hmm. to your sensibilities. So that's an interesting exercise. I don't know if your your school has done that where you know, you show the president speaking or some member, you know, some VIP speaking, and then after that clip, you show every news network and how they handle it. And I know certain networks will do that, but it shows you who's reporting, which network, mm-hmm. and how they spin. And the only time I ever, the first time I ever heard spin, other than the dryer or the washing machine, or actually the <laughs> washing machine, is that in the Clinton White House when we used to call CNN Clinton News Network because they loved it until Monica Lewinsky, and then they jumped on him. But they would say spin, you know, and I go, mm-hmm. what, what is spin? And so over and over again, I would tell young doctors in the White House, your job is to be a doctor, not the spin doctor. And, and I face that when, for example, the president's annual exam. Okay, his height is this, his weight is this. Oh, my God, he's overweight. And the press secretary goes, can't you change that? I go, I'm not going to change his weight. His weight is his weight. Well, can't we say he has more muscle mass? I said, we Were didn't. you the one who told Clinton to stop eating McDonald's? Mm-hmm. Love it. Well then, <laughs> well, then the press was saying, the, the press secretary was saying, well, then just tell everybody it's muscle. I go, I can't tell it's muscle. You got to do a body fat. I just like, no, I'm not doing that. Because we know I put up. But a you know what? Statement. As a journalist, you run into people trying to tell you how to do your job too. Oh yeah, especially oh. sponsors. Oh well, they only want good press. They only want certain things said about them, even if it's not true. So, be a critical thinker. Mm-hmm. You know what's the truth? How do you get that? But you'll notice, Dr. Connie, that people who are on the extreme of left or right, if you ask them, where do you get? What are your news sources? They'll they are not diversified. Yo, you got to be open. And that actually is a key word when people say diversity. Well, if you're into diversity, how about diversity of news and content and idea? Be open to that. Not judgmental, but be open and welcoming Mm because you actually become a better person, I think, because you're open to all avenues of influence and thought. And I think people have become so conditioned that if you start talking a certain political, they jump on you and they don't want to hear and they start yelling. And it's like both sides. But then you ask them, where do you get your information? And usually it's not diversified. Right. Where do you get your – and in a very calm way, where do you get your information? Because, you know, it's good to have these little points when you're stunned when someone starts attacking you. But as a reporter, I mean, you you present with the unbiased – Tell me, I mean, you you have the opening style. It's like what doctors do. When we interview somebody, we're not supposed to ask leading questions, right? How long have you had, you know, how long have you been beating your wife? No, you don't. You know, or how many how many drinks do you have a day? No, it's, it's you know, it's so it's you don't want to do the leading questions. But Ashley, this is your chance before we close this show. We've got a few minutes. What would you what would you like to ask Christy about journalism? Her what are you know, words of wisdom? I mean, what would you like to ask her? Yes, I would appreciate any advice going into broadcast specifically in the field in general and what you think needs to be changed about it and what I can do, how to do play my part in mm. reforming this. I mean, I think that you're well on your way. I think you have a good head on your shoulders. I think that you know that you need to check yourself every day. Um, but I think that's really what what you need to do is is make sure that you are checking yourself because you are somebody's source and they trust you and they're counting on you. So babysit yourself. And if you do that, you'll be great. You'll be a champion of the people, truly. Take yourself very seriously when it comes to the job. Thank you. Did you, as a reporter, as a journalist, as as a talking head on TV, did you have any sexual bias against you? I mean, do you find that if you're attractive, you get the better real roles versus somebody's a little bit more plain? I mean, did you face any of that? Um, I never felt yeah. any sexual bias. I was one of the highest paid people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was me and a, and a man who'd been on the air for a very, very long time. Um, I never felt that. Good. But I was very aware that you can't come disheveled and you need to be put together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. I think that to be taken seriously, you mm-hmm. need to look like you have your act together. Right. Um, and that means comb your hair, put on your makeup, dress professionally. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, 
be professional. Mm -hmm. And when you get into a job like journalism, people are counting on you. This is not just a TV show. It's not just a story. This is content you're putting out there that people trust, maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> you it know? is important. I mean, everything that connects me with the outside world comes to TV, social media, radio. I mean, makes or breaks my day, right? What kind of day is it going to be? Oh, my God. You know, Did you see this report? Did you oh hear my, about that? You know, it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, and even more so with, with, with what we've experienced over the last, you know, year and a half. So, you know, Ashley, as you go into this, it's, it's your personality without injecting your person into it. And it's the role. It is a role you play. But it's almost like a value tag that, that you honor that profession. Cause, and it's mm-hmm. sad that, you know, and I'll share that at one point in high school, I wanted to be a journalist. And I realized mm-hmm. more people tell you things as a doctor than as a journalist. Huh. In fact, some things they tell you too much. But that you can impact what's out there you can crash markets you can i mean it's a powerful position yeah yeah and don't ever ever let any of the ego get to you or you know what i mean you're not a star and you're not there to be a star you're there you're on duty Mm -hmm. it's true it's like don't let it get to your head and a lot of people we see at the white house i'm the celebrity i'm this it's like nope you know fame has only you know fame only has two letters difference from infamy. Mm. And so just be careful because, you know, you can fall when people are enamored with them. They're thinking, stop reading your news feed, right? Stop thinking you're, you're it. You're not. And, and it's, there's a humility there, but, sub, you know, subjecting yourself to a greater good, I think, is important. I can't believe this, this time is almost over. I, it's just, it's given us a chance and hopefully the listeners to, listener beware, to reflect to read, to respond, to embrace the diversity of your information content. Just don't be one way. Look at all ways. Doesn't mean you're going to agree with it, but listen. listen. Well, you won't agree with all of it. But listen and be Mm -hmm. open, and that's okay. We want people to do that and to to open to that. But I I want to thank Ashley for for joining us today. Good luck on your career. We'll be looking for you on TV. (laughs) Don't compromise your values. Focus to the highest standards of journalism, which is to is to tell the truth and, and to convey that. Christy, thank you for for being oh, a role it was model. So, it, my pleasure. For, and I think you still need to write a book, and I still think you shouldn't sign off completely. <laughs> She's already titled it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What, Change what, the channel. Absolutely. Again and again and, and if again. If you want to come back on the show or have your own show, I think you're a breath of fresh air and, oh, you're and sweet. a great role model for Ashley. And then when you become a news network person, you can bring her on board. Right uh-huh. or actually, your school. If you need, I might a guest be dead. Speaker, don't stop. <laughs> if you need a guest speaker, so I was going to say, yeah. So oh. I want to thank you, you listeners, for listening in. I want you to absorb what we shared today and and enjoy the rest of the month. Be healthy, be grateful, and God bless you. So, and that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Uh-huh. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.